0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we get into the word of God, talk about it. And actually this morning, what I'd like to do is read a significant chapter from my book called Taking It to Their Turf, which by the way, if you don't have a copy, I hope you will get one. It's, um, I think you'll find it inspiring, uplifting, encouraging in just stories of my campus evangelism that I think really glorify the Lord. I'd like to read a story called, I'm Going to Hell to Get It Over With. Wow. What did that mean? Let me read from it if I could. And there's my book, if you're online, where you can see where you can order it. And I um, encourage you to do so. Ready? Here we go. Guilt is a terrible thing to live with. If not dealt with properly, it can be deadly. I was preaching at the University of Texas on a beautiful day in early November. UT is a very liberal campus. They all are, by the way, but UT more so than most. And this free speech area draws a lot of people with bizarre beliefs and behaviors. Even so, there are others who recognize their, there are others who recognize their spiritual poverty, and are looking for answers. Unfortunately, some people find the wrong answer. A young man approached me after I had finished preaching and solicited my prayer. He asked me privately, Will you pray for the woman I'm supposed to marry but never will? I asked, I don't understand what you're getting at, and asked him to repeat his request. Will you pray for the woman I'm supposed to marry but never will? He patiently repeated. I'd be glad to, I said, but tell me, why aren't you going to marry her? Intensely serious through this whole conversation, he then dropped a bomb on me. I have a cyanide pill. When I go home for Thanksgiving, I'm going to take my life. I could tell he meant it, and that I might be the last person able to persuade him against such an action. Why would you do that, I inquired. Tom, I've committed a horrible sin. I know I'm going to go to hell for it. I can't stand living with the knowledge that I will someday go to hell. I can't bear this anymore. I've decided I'm going to kill myself, go to hell now, and get it over with. Right then, I realized my job was not to pray for this mystery woman he'd never marry, but to persuade him of the hope of the gospel. After all, Jesus, Jesus did not come to save righteous people, but sinners. He never told me what sin he'd done that was so bad. My guess is he committed a fairly common sin, and yet the devil had tricked him into thinking he was the only one who'd ever done such a wicked thing. I'm not sure I got through to him. He listened, but when he left, he still seemed quite dejected. That's what sin can do to you. You'll notice I said he was tricked by the devil. Yes, that's right. This is the devil's solution to guilt and to a host of other problems as well. Rob a person of hope, drive him to suicide, take his soul to hell. That's the devil's plan. How opposite of what Jesus Christ promised. The thief, Jesus said, the thief, the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life. And might have it abundantly. John 10 verses 9 and 10. The Christian faith is one of hope. A hope that is based on receiving forgiveness from God and being reconciled to God. Sure, there is a sin which cannot be forgiven. That's known as blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But I'm convicted that anyone who commits that sin is so hardened they couldn't care less. If you have sinned and the burden of your guilt is weighing you down, you are exactly the person for whom Jesus Christ died. Don't buy the devil's lie. And please don't do anything as drastic as this young man was considering. You can't save yourself, but you can can turn to Jesus Christ and trust him to save you. Seek him with all your heart and you'll find him to be rich and abundant in mercy and love. Can I add two things to this story I think are important? Do you do realize that suicide is a leading cause of death amongst young people today? In our world today, there young people have been robbed of hope, purpose and meaning. They've been told that they're just animals. They've been all the moral boundaries have come crashing down, and so they engage in all kinds of behavior that produces guilt. The conscience is something God gave us. It's to protect us from evil. And yet your mind can outreason your logic your uh, conscience. You can logically conclude that your conscience is wrong and end up doing all kinds of things. That produce genuine guilt. And if a person doesn't turn to Jesus Christ and find forgiveness there, what will they do? That well, that's when the devil can enter in and bring a person to hopelessness, even suicide. Even in our churches, we've got to make sure that young people realize that, young and old, that there's hope that Jesus came to save sinners. He didn't come to call the righteous. He came to save sinners. Second thing I want to mention is, you know, I I talked in there about suicide, and is suicide the unpardonable sin? A lot of people wonder about this. The unpardonable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That's found in Mark chapter 3. And Jesus described it as the Scripture describes, they were claiming Jesus was casting out demons and healing people by the power of Satan, Bilzable, And and they claimed this, and so Jesus said they've committed the unpardonable sin. They'd hardened themselves so much that they were giving credit to—they they were seeing the very Son of God right in front of their eyes— and they were claiming his power came from hell, from the devil. The Bible does not teach suicide is the unpardonable sin. I believe this comes from the concept that that uh, all mortal sins in the Catholic tradition there is mortal and venial sins. Mortal being big ones like the breaking the Ten Commandments. Venial being uh, simpler ones, you know, laziness or or, or uh, things that that are sinful, but they're not a mortal sin. They're smaller sins, they'd call them. And the belief that you have to have confession and last rites in order to be forgiven. Scripture teaches that when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus forgives all of our sins, past, present, and future. Thank God that we don't have to name every single sin we've ever done, because who could do that? I'm sure I don't know every sin I've committed. I doubt you know every sin you've committed. There might be some that really bother us like they did with this young man, but there's probably all kinds of them we have no idea about that, you know, that, that, um, that, that if we had to confess every single one of them, would any of us have any hope? So what does Scripture teach? That through faith in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus died for all of our sins, big ones, little ones, ones we're really aware of, ones that we don't even realize we committed. Even I believe Jesus died for my sins that I might commit in the future. After all, when Jesus died for me, all of all of my sins were future. He died 2,000 years ago. I hadn't, wasn't even born yet. You weren't either. And so we can have this assurance. If you know someone who's, who has committed suicide and you wonder, are they in hell? Well, they might be, they might not be. But it wouldn't be because they committed suicide. It would be because Jesus wasn't their Savior. Jesus saves all people who come to him in genuine, sincere, humble faith. That's the good news. Father in heaven, we thank you today for the hope of the gospel. And we think, Lord, of so many people today, they're robbed of hope, they're robbed of meaning, because they're robbed of God, they're robbed of you. And Lord, we know that this radical secularism, it just doesn't work. The results in people's lives, in the the destroyed lives, the the guilt, the mental illness, the, the confusion, the hopelessness. Father, we thank you. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ that gives hope, to the hopeless, I pray we would declare it far and wide. I pray we would declare it from the mountaintops. Lord, I pray we declare it in the cities, the rural areas, on the campuses, in the schools, wherever, at work, wherever we encounter people, Lord. Might your gospel go forth. It is the hope of individuals, it is the hope of families, it is the hope of communities, it's the hope of our nation, it's the hope of the world. We bless you. Today, Lord, we live in light of that hope. Today Lord, we live in light of the gospel and we bl- we love you. Thank you, thank you for giving us freedom, joy, victory, found in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We bless you in Jesus name. Amen, amen and amen. All right folks, wow. I hope you know if you haven't gotten a copy of my book yet, I hope you get one. It's um, I think you'll find it very inspiring, encouraging. And their stories. This one was less positive than most because I don't know what happened with them. A lot of these stories are positive, but they're not all like that. They're not all positive sometimes because not every experience in life is positive, is it? So God bless you. So glad to have you along with us today. If you're new, please come back. Make sure you hit the subscribe, notify, and come here regularly. Why? Because you need daily encouragement. Do you want to follow the Lord every day? Do you want to be victorious? consistency is a key. Consistent input of the Lord, letting God build you and strengthen you. That's why we come here each day. And I'm here every day. So I hope you take advantage of that opportunity to be a strong Christian every single day. So God bless you. I love you guys. And until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you, make his face shine upon you and fill you with the hope of the gospel. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.